This episode of Roadie Radio is brought to you by free online library card applications. Did you know that Rhode Island library cards expire every three years to ensure that your account information is up to date? If your library card is expiring soon, you can renew it easily online. Don't have a library card? You can apply for a library card online too. Visit oslri.org to renew or apply for a library card today. You're listening to Roadie Radio, Rhode Island's library radio online. Hey there, I'm your host Dave from the Roadie Radio crew and Cranston Public Library. If you're listening to this episode when it airs, today is election day. To celebrate this starting point in the civic process, we're sharing an excerpt from a recent episode of our podcast, Downtime with Cranston Public Library, in which we were joined by Tammy and Emily from The Woman Project, as well as John Marion from Common Cause Rhode Island, to talk about voting and other ways to get involved with the government in the Ocean State. You'll also hear our regular segment, The Last Chapter, where we discuss a library or bookish-related question. This week, we answered the question, if you could rewrite a book from another character's perspective, what character would you choose and why? and welcome to another episode of Downtime with the Cranston Public Library. We're a podcast for cool people who love libraries where we talk about what we've been reading, what we've been watching, and what we've been loving. I'm your host, Taylor, and the branch librarian at the Oaklawn Branch Library, and my pronouns are she, her. My name is Tammy Brown. I use she, her pronouns. I'm one of the creators of the RI for All video series, and I'm a board member of the Woman Project and the Woman Project Education Fund, and I'm also the artistic director of the Contemporary Theater Company in Wakefield. Hello, I'm Emily Boucher. My pronouns are also she, her. Like Tammy, I am a board member of the Woman Project and the Woman Project Education Fund, and when I'm not doing that, I am teaching high schoolers and sometimes bartending. Hi, my name is John Marion. I use he, him pronouns. My fancy title is Executive Director of Common Cause Rhode Island. So I uh, work on voting rights and various other democracy reforms. All right, fantastic. So let's talk a little bit about Rhode Island for All and, uh, and you know, what your project is all about. Yeah. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk about it. Um, so Rhode Island for All is a video series and there's also a sort of companion set of resources as well. Um, and it's all geared towards learning about why getting involved in state and local politics is really important and how to get involved in state and local politics or, or basically policy or the legislative process. Um, the actual uh, series is not political per se, but, you know, when you're talking about voting and you're talking about policy and policy change, of course, that, you know, becomes political. And so, you know, we talk about that a little bit, but um, it's really aimed at getting people excited about using their voice, making their voice heard on the state and local level. And it's something that we've been working on for a handful of years at this point. Um, it's a six video series. And they're all available online at RI4ALL, that's the number four, all, 
www.rhodeislandfoundation.org. So we made those videos and we got a grant from the Rhode Island Council for the Humanities um, to, to complete those, as well as support from local donors. And um, we created them through the Woman Project. So we had been working on that for, for quite a while. And so we hope that as many people watch them as possible and share them. And we create, Emily and I created like a social media campaign along with it. So they're really fun TikToks uh, that go with uh, many of the videos. We actually, um, in our initial stages of conceptualizing the videos and how we wanted to sort of, it's a lot of potential information. So how we wanted to kind of condense it down into like small digestible chunks. Um, uh, John was a great resource early on. He was one of the people that we thought like, okay, we need some experts in like civics and civic engagement um, in Rhode Island. Like, because we're not, we're just activists that got involved in, in politics and got involved in policy, but we're not like subject matter experts in that area. Um, so we needed some folks who are like that. So John was a great resource very early on in terms of like, what kinds of things should we say? Where do we get information? Also, at least a few different times on our website, we connect to great resources that Common Cause has about how to testify and um, and, and different things like that. So um, we're all working together to try to make the this process accessible and fun for people to engage in. Because for me, at the end of the day, I just want people to be able to take ownership over the legislative process, the lawmaking process, um, and create change in the world. Yeah. Um, Tammy did such a great job. I feel like I'm like, okay, where do I start? <laughs> um, I would like to probably start and say that um, one of the reasons why I was so excited when Tammy came to me with the idea of the project um, to basically, you know, the mission statement of the project was let's help people understand why and how to become locally civically engaged. Um the reason why it felt so real for me is, as Tammy mentioned, we are activists for the Women Project, um, and I came into it not knowing how to do anything. Um, I had no idea how government works. Um, I went to uh, public school. Um, it was a great school in Massachusetts, um, but civics did not make the cut in terms of what we had time to learn um, priority-wise, and so you know, I think maybe I had seen a chart or something once upon a time that was like, here's your three branches, you know, of the, the big, like, national government, you can tell by my tone of voice there, it wasn't really like something that made a big impression to me. Um, you know, and of course, like I'd seen the I'm just a bill song when I was younger. Um, and then I was like, okay, kid, here you go, like, go out into the world. Um, and then when it became time for me to try to get involved because I felt like I was passionate about what was happening in my state and my country. Um, I didn't know where to start. And so um, the Women Project was founded on that principle. Uh, it was a group of artists and a group of local grassroots activists that came together to try to basically Skillshare. Specifically, our, our issue was reproductive rights and access. Um, and so we worked to codify Roe v. Wade into state law. So bringing it from the national level into the state level. And we got a lot of people telling us, oh, don't worry, that'll never happen. Um, and we uh, took our campaign to the streets and basically worked 
uh, with art as our main tool to try to get the public aware of what was happening. And that taught me firsthand how important awareness is in lots of different ways. Awareness in terms of how the government works, and then awareness in terms of like how to use public attention as a tool to try to get policy change. And so living that experience without a lot of um, prior knowledge was really hard. And I didn't want anyone to ever go through that. So Tammy and I made this series of videos and the videos are purposely goofy. They are silly. They are meant to be um, something that you don't mind watching because we want to try to make them super accessible. Um, we are caricatures of ourselves in the films um, because we are Rhode Islanders and um, we have through our work kind of got our faces on enough stuff that people recognize us. So I am Emily in the film and Tammy is Tammy in the films. And we, we bumble our way through like figuring out how to get involved in meaningful ways and discussing why this stuff matters and um, breaking down some of the most approachable steps, but meaningfully powerful places that you can get involved. Aren't there also like Muppet-esque puppets in the video? <laughs> There's one. Right. Okay. I was going to say, am I remembering right from the website? Because if I'm not, that's going to sound like the wildest thing to just put out there. Like, wasn't there also a puppet? You guys be like, no, absolutely not. So yeah, one puppet to look forward to. You know, and we started this, I, I love telling the story behind the scenes because we came up with a project and we were like, yeah, okay, we're going to come up with these videos. We're going to write them. We're going to direct them. We're going to star in them. We're going to make Muppets puppets we're gonna have props like maybe there'll be a song and dance routine like we were just brainstorming like crazy right um just like every idea was valid and good and they it were um but at this time like I had never written a script before I had never made a, a puppet like once but it was like sock puppet um and so it was just a matter of figuring out as we go which is just sort of in our nature <laughs> with, with the activism we figured it out as we went and then when we were making videos we also figured it out as we went which is just to say like I mean as cheesy as it is like don't let um you know a lack of experience stop you um start where you're at and like just kind of uh have be in community with people that inspire you and that help you figure stuff out um and if you are not yet in community Tammy and I will be your community and our yeah. at Riley, just yeah. one RI for all. And it's mm -hmm. all scaffolded for you right there. All the resources, all the videos. You can go on TikTok if you want shorter versions. This is, yeah, there's this big hole sort of in our community for people to understand how government works and how they can get involved in government. And so uh, starting about 10 years ago, I, I started getting like invited because um, we work on process issues as an organization, right? So I work on campaign finance reform and voting rights expansion, and but also like freedom of information laws and, you know, really practical things that people use to, to access government. And, um, and people would invite me to come talk to their group and be like, could you just explain like what an open meeting is? And we decided, okay, let's do some programming and we branded it and built out a website and we do these 60 minute panel discussions that we tape and put on YouTube, but it's a 60 minute panel discussion, right? Like not a lot of people watch 60 minute panel discussions on YouTube. And, and you can see the counter on YouTube that will, will show that. 
But um, my board, we were talking about like, what can we do to reach a broader audience? Uh, and they're like, we, you know, make them short and make them interesting. And I'm like, I'm really good at the 60 minute panel discussion. And so I was thrilled when these guys approached me because it was just like, hey, you know, I was familiar with, they use the term artivism, which I think is a, a cool term. Like I was familiar with the projections and other work by the Women Project, but it was just like, and we're going to take this thing you care about, but can only do in 60 minute chunks. And we're going to put it on TikTok. And I'm just like, I trust you that that's a good idea. And, and that, I mean, it's great, right? Because like my kids are not going to watch my 60 minute panel discussion, but they're going to consume a TikTok about it. Uh, and so you got to meet people where they're, where they're at in terms of their media consumption. And it's great that the Women Project has said, well, we're going we're gonna to meet people uh, at the intersection of art and activism. We're going to meet people on these platforms that organizations like mine just are not, at least right now, positioned to, to meet people at those, those places. Uh, so I'm just grateful that they're filling that gap because it really is a gap. We, you know, we did like a how a bill becomes a law um, and we advertised it. This was late um, 2016. And it got shared on the Women's March Facebook page. Uh, and within a couple hours, like we filled up the room. We had to get a bigger room. We filled up the bigger room. We had to get a bigger room. Uh, and then we sold that out. Um, and, you know, we got the biggest room we could get for free. Uh, and there was this sudden, uh, you know, demand for people who'd kind of been sitting on the bench of democracy, quite frankly, and saw their rights threatened. Uh, and we're like, huh, I need to get involved, but I don't know a darn thing about Rhode Island government and how it works. Uh, but this group over here does. Uh, and people, there's been a demand ever since uh, that I've seen. And it's just great uh, that other groups are stepping up to, to meet the demand. Yeah. And I would jump in and say, anybody listen to this podcast, like, that's a little bit of a call to action that you could meet that demand as well and, and jump and fill in the gap. Like we gratefully and thankfully have a pretty wide range, um, but it's definitely not everybody. Um, and so what we always say when we finish our um, like behind the scenes, Tammy and I did some um, little video premieres where we talked and showed one video at a time and sort of gave some uh, guided feedback and some guided steps about what you could actually do to go a step further. Here's the website. Let's kind of like walk you through together. Um, you know, you can hear like my teacher voice coming out as I explain this. Um, but the idea is, you know, we don't have your reach, beautiful listener who happens to be listening to this podcast. So that could be something that you can do. You could share this podcast that you're listening to right now and, or, or make your own TikTok about something that you learned from our website or you listen to John's 60 minute um, mm -hmm. YouTube and you know then put in the comments I can't wait for the times that you climb a mountain John with your bike and you know show those, <laughs> those videos later on. What you're kind of getting at a little bit Emily is that like our work and, and John I don't want to speak to you, for you but I, I imagine you agree our work is like an invitation for everybody to get involved. And we realize too, that there are people, who, many people, we all 
know these people. These are probably most of our friends and family who have these feelings that things are not quite right with society or they wish things were better or they're a little dismayed with the way you know, politics or the Supreme Court or things like that are, are shaking out these days. And But they don't even connect the dots that you know, getting involved in politics and understanding open meetings and understanding, you know, how to testify and, and just being going to the state house, that those things are connected and that you actually can have a voice in those things and improving those things and creating the world that you want to create. Um, if you know that you can use these different methods of getting involved to your advantage. And I think we're going to segue probably soon to talking about voting um, and why that's so important. But um, to me, voting is like one step in the cycle of like getting involved and engaged and trying to you know create change is you vote for the politicians and then, you know, they get into office and then you watch what they do and you you go to their, you know, thing if you can or you look online at Capital TV or whatever or, you know, you find a way to testify if you can or you just keep an eye on what bills, you know, you care about. And if they don't do what you want them to do, I mean, throughout the whole process of the legislative process, you call them, you send them a Facebook message, you hit them up on Instagram or whatever, you tell them what you want. If they don't do it, then come the next election cycle, which is every two years, essentially, in Rhode Island, major ones, you do use your power at the ballot box again. So it's just a, it's a cyclical thing. So we want people to be very um, excited and engaged in the voting process, but also that like... That's just the way in to like just being more engaged in in the whole thing. And it can sound a little bit um, overwhelming to put it that way, but it's really just a matter of like, like I said, inviting people in and realizing that your voice is very important in September in the primaries in Rhode Island and in November in the general election. Then your voice is also important in January when the legislative session starts and February and March and April, May and June. So your voice is always important and we can show you all different ways to make your voice heard all throughout the cycle. And there's like a ladder of participation. This is the metaphor I always used is like the first rung of the ladder is voting and there still aren't enough people on the first step of the latter, right? You know, about the general election, maybe about half um, in the primary that just happened in September, 14%. And we'll talk in a minute about more ways to get people on that bottom step of the ladder, but almost nobody gets to the second step, right? Go to a public meeting, testify at a legislative hearing, but we have the easiest state in the nation to get on to the second step. You know, unless you're on Block Island, all of us live about 45 minutes from testifying at the General Assembly. Uh, and, and even if you're on Block Island, you can send an email. But, you know, they literally list on the General Assembly website the cell phone numbers of most of the state reps and senators. Like, that's not happened in California. And so we have arguably one of the more accessible governments in the country, and it can have profound impact on issues you care about, Right in your everyday life. So we all get caught up in national politics and it's easy to, but there's so many issues that are governed at the state and local level that impact us every day that we can have an impact on if we participate, but not enough of us participate. And, and so those who do participate, it kind of skews high on the socioeconomic scale. It skews in a lot of different ways. It's not representative and it's only going to be more representative if more people participate. So these videos are all about getting people, I think, to that second step on the ladder or higher. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, you hit it right on the head, John, that our state is very accessible. And this is something that we, like our first video is called The Senator Next Door, because we're trying to get people to realize that like the state reps and state senators, you know, aren't just on Smith Hill. They're your neighbors. They're, they might be, you know, your soccer coach. They might be, you know, your, your lawyer or your dentist or whatever. Like these are regular people. We have only a part-time legislature. So like they work a regular job and then they go a couple of days a week to the legislature. So um, we want to make people realize that these people are accessible to us. And also, as you allude to, we are a very small state. And because so few people actually do even make it to the first step of participation and then make it to the second rung of the ladder, if you do choose to participate, your voice is so powerful. Um, this is why like the primaries was like my thing this year of like really, really trying to get people to vote in the primaries because like you can totally have a huge difference by voting in the primaries because so few people do. And that's when the elections are actually decided in Rhode Island. We're gearing up for the general election, which is also another very important election um, in Rhode Island. Um, so if you miss the primary, that's totally okay. Keep an eye out for it in two years. But for now, um, keep your eye on, on November and uh, make sure you have everything you need to, to vote and check your voter registration and all of that, because it's really, really important to participate in these things. And just a quick shout out, I'm constantly thinking about our young people um, and how even if you're not old enough to vote yet, um, which was frustrating to me as a young teenager that like hated any restrictions about anything that I was allowed to do. Um, right. I That resonates. I understand. I'm sorry. Um, that's the system right now. But there are so many other ways that you can get involved in really powerfully um, you know, rippling effects to what you do. You can testify, um, you can go and volunteer for a campaign for someone that you care about and want to see elected. Um, you can uh, do some work of helping your friends understand civics. Um, and you can educate yourself. Um, you can volunteer at a, a local nonprofit and um, get involved with their activism. Uh, you don't need to be old enough to vote to testify because the laws affect you and your life as well. And so you definitely have a say. And, um, you know, I've been to testimony hearings uh, at the state house. I've been fortunate enough to go. Um, and let me tell you, if there is an eight-year-old that has the mic and talks about how climate change is going to affect them in a meaningful way, that gets heard a lot deeper than when I say the same thing at 34. Um, and that's, you know, I say that not to put pressure on anyone, but I say that to say it's a platform and it's there for you. And we all have the ability to do something. Um, please don't think that you are powerless in the system because you are not old enough yet to vote. So um, we talked about that a lot of people aren't even going to that first rung of that ladder and voting and, and being able to reach that first rung listeners when you're listening to this episode is within your reach only a few weeks away um so john do you have important dates for people who want to get out there and vote i know when this comes out mail-in ballots will have been done but for people who want to go out and vote in person what are their options why yes i do just happen to have them on this nice little note card in front of me so i don't get any of them wrong 
So yeah, by the time you listen to this, it's actually, unfortunately, too late to register to vote in Rhode Island uh, or to change your registration. Uh, and we need to fix that, by the way. So we have a 30-day registration deadline, longest in the nation. Uh, it used to be 60 days, but the Supreme Court struck that down in the 1970s. So they moved it to 30 days, which was the longest the court allowed. Um, and uh, so, so you're out of luck, but we need, to, we need your help to, to change that. But uh, you're going to hear this, uh, and it's going to be at the end of the period where you could try to get a mail ballot, a regular mail ballot. So you're probably not going to get to vote by mail uh, in the regular way. But early voting is just going to have started. So on the 19th of October, uh, at the regular business hours of your city or town hall, uh, they're going to have early voting. Providence City Hall and Cranston City Hall, very importantly, are doing it off-site. Um, so they're doing it at an alternative location so that it's uh, more accessible. Um, so, so just go to the Providence or, or Cranston City website. And you'll, you'll get that address. Um, but there's 20 days of early voting in most cities and towns. That's going to be roughly 9 to 5 or 8.30 to 4.30, Monday through Friday. Few cities and towns are going to be open on the weekends. Um, I know Providence was uh, open that weekend uh, before the, the primary, uh, at least on Saturday. So again, just check your city or town website. Early voting is very nice. Same experience as voting on election day, but there's probably not a line, uh, so you can take your time. Uh, there's something called an emergency mail ballot. So say you really do want to vote at home, but you, you've now missed the mail ballot deadline. You can call the Board of Canvassers for your city and town, uh, and they'll try to get you what's called an emergency mail ballot, or you can pick it up uh, and bring it home. Uh, not a lot of people do that, um, but you know, if you have a relative who broke their leg and wound up in the hospital and you want to help them vote, uh, or uh, a homebound friend, you, you can help them with that. And then, obviously, Election Day uh, is the 8th of November. Polls are open, I think, except for Block Island, which opens late. Um, in the other 38 cities and towns, they're open at 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. Important things there are make sure you check where your polling place is because we just did redistricting. So mm -hmm. tons of polling places have changed. Um, and uh, so, so it might have been school down the street, might be, you know, church 10 blocks away now. Um, so just check that at vote.ri.gov. That's where you check your registration. You can see your sample ballot. You can see um, where your polling place is. Uh, second thing is, if you did request a mail ballot, um, it has to be in the possession of the state by 8 p.m. on election day. So uh, there's a drop box in front of Cranston City Hall uh, in pretty much every city hall, except for East Greenwich and Central Falls, where they put it in front of the police stations. Um, it has to be in that Dropbox by 8 p.m. Do not put it in the U.S. Postal Mail because if it gets there after 8 p.m. on Election Day, they won't count it. Uh, and and uh, we know that that happened, unfortunately, uh, to a bunch of people in the primary, and we don't want it to happen to you in the general election. So 20 days of early voting starting on the 19th to the Monday before uh, the 7th, and then voting all day on November 8th. Beautiful. And when you go, you have to, have to do a voting selfie. 
Yeah, <laughs> with that little sticker. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, you have to have ID because that's a rule in Rhode Island. Like, I thought you were going to say something like, you should bring your ID. ID. But yeah. Yes. Bring your ID. Rhode Island has voter ID laws, which aren't the best thing, but take a selfie. Yeah. Take a selfie, right? Yeah. On the voter ID law, you, you, we have a voter ID law. If you don't have an ID uh, or you didn't bring the correct ID, or you brought the correct ID, but it's more than six months past its expiration date, incredibly important to remember that you still have a right to vote. Um, they're going to hand you what's called a provisional ballot. But even if you don't have any ID, uh, if you're at the right polling place, don't walk out without having voted. Um, if you can go get your ID, that's preferable because they're going to let you vote a regular ballot. Um, but you have a right to a provisional ballot in Rhode Island. So, so don't let them turn you away from the polls uh, without having voted uh, on election day because of ID issues. Other point is that your ID doesn't have to have to have the correct address. Um, there's kind of a misnomer that you got to have the correct address. Lots of people move, don't update their driver's licenses. So that's not in the law that you have to have the correct address. That law has not been uh, implemented perfectly. Uh, we see a lot of poll workers who have turned people away from the polls saying, well, you didn't have an ID um, and, and that's, they should be getting a provisional ballot. I didn't know and, that. So that's And take know. a selfie. And take so. a selfie. But don't take a selfie with your ID. Just the sticker. No. No, just the sticker. <laughs> that's so much safer. And it's like way cuter. But no, for real, like that's how you get your friends to vote. Like make it, make voting cute. <laughs> yes. yes. Hashtag make voting cute. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like part of the the energy that we wanted to bring to the project that we've been working on is just like you know this stuff is dry sometimes sometimes it's a little stressful sometimes it's a little complicated sometimes it's like weedy in terms of how many details are out there and how much it changes and how you know you can get kind of like lost and overwhelmed or feel embarrassed like I did that you don't know how to do this stuff um, so, you know, make it fun and, and bring, bring a friend when you vote, um, vote in numbers because it's about the numbers. And those stickers, mm-hmm. right? So we have custom stickers now. So until a couple of years ago, they had just the generic ones you could buy on Amazon and Common Cause did a little prodding and they, they decided to have a contest, uh, and a kid who was at, it was a high school junior. Uh, he couldn't even vote. Uh, he won the contest and we have that beautiful, sticker with the state house dome and the little independent man in gold, uh, gilded at the top. Uh, so, so we have our own Rhode Island themed sticker, which I think is awesome. That's incredible. Oh, I didn't know that little piece of folk history. Yeah. Yeah. You could vote online for, there were finalists, uh, and they had a little contest online, I think in 2017, maybe. Uh, and, uh, that was the one that won. So the, the blue and gold. That's so cool. That's so great. I wanted to just uh, highlight what John mentioned in the middle of the directions. Um, if you don't know who to vote for, you can look up a sample ballot and then take the time at home before you go to be more confident and more excited about who you're voting for. Um, so if you go to riforall.org, we've got links that bring you to the state website that John mentioned, as well as some um, not Rhode Island state uh, websites that are secondary that might be helpful. Um, so uh, it's 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 great to vote. 
Um, and it feels even better when you're really excited about who you're voting for. So taking that extra step to kind of do your homework beforehand um, can be uh, make the experience just more exciting. Yeah. And there's going to be a bunch of bond questions. Talk about boring uh, on the back of your ballot. Um, at statewide bond questions, every household in the state is going to get a voter handbook that explains those. So you can look out for that. Um, and then a lot of communities are going to have local questions on the ballot. Um, so for instance, the city of Providence is going to have a question about electing, I think it's five members of the school board, right? So so right now the school board's all appointed by the mayor. Uh, and there's going to be a question about changing it to have a partially elected school board. Incredibly important, right? Providence schools are under state control. Uh, and if they get handed back to the city, uh, which is a real possibility, those people on that school board are going to be uh, making decisions about uh, the education of kids in the you know, biggest school district in the state. Uh, and if you're a Providence resident, you may get to vote uh, in the election for those school board members. So there's a bunch of local questions in a lot of cities and towns. There's local questions in Newport and Westerly and uh, all over the state. So that sample ballot's huge because you walk in there and you're like, oh, it's page four. Right. Like, I'm not going to vote for that. I don't know what that's about. Um, I got to get get to work. Uh, so it's, it's great to look up those uh, questions in advance. Yeah, I remember being young and going and voting for the first time. And I thought it was just who do you want to be president? And I was like, wait a minute. There's like other multiple choice questions. <laughs> you didn't know it was going to be a test. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I felt very similarly. I remember the first time I voted. Yeah, I kept like looking left and right and I was like, why is everyone so much chiller than I am about this right now? <laughs> I'm getting test anxiety and everyone is acting like this is a normal Tuesday. Yeah. So if you guys all have time to stay on a little bit longer, we end the show with a segment I call The Last Chapter, where we talk about a library or bookish related question. Sure. Okay. Um, so this week I thought I would ask you, not topical at all, but uh, a fun question that I've asked before is if you could rewrite a book from another character's point of view, what book and what character would you choose? I feel like I can't think of the character's name because I'm suffering brain fog from COVID, but Jane Eyre, from the perspective of his wife that you find out, spoiler alert, sorry, but the, the wife that's like kept away in the attic. Her right, name's right. Bertha, I believe. Bertha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like her husband has just like locked her in this freaking attic and is now having a love affair with this random woman <laughs> for like years that was the nanny or something. I think that would be interesting. I think they're actually, if it's not a book, it's some like short story or essay. I think something along those veins exists in grad school. I took a course about race in the Victorian era and there's games in the text that Bertha was from one of the Caribbean islands and so was at least half black, if if not more. So it, I, we definitely read some essays that were talking about, like, what does it mean when you lock your black wife in the attic? Like, not a good look. Um, <laughs> no, not a good look. Um, and I feel like we vaguely read something or talked about something that was kind of like from that perspective but i can't remember if i remember i will put it in the show notes um my goodness i immediately what comes up for me is i would love to listen to like all of the grins fairy tales 
but from like the villain perspective about what was that all about like <laughs> like what was that decision to put the children in the oven <laughs> like and live in a in a gingerbread house like how did we get here like there's so many girl you okay yeah right. <laughs> do I need to call somebody like what? Is there, there was, you were out of wood. And so the gingerbread was what, like, I don't even, I can't even make a gingerbread house from those kids. Like, how did it happen? <laughs> did you go to college for this? Like, I want to know, how did we get to this? Right? Like, I think there's just so many interesting, untold stories of those villains. Um, and if somebody writes that, I need 10%. So. <laughs> Um, if you wanted just a, a, a plug for one of my friends, if uh, a friend librarian of mine does TikToks where she talks about different fairy, fairy tales and like the original versions and she calls it effed up fairy tales. She's Cosbrarian on Instagram. I believe she's Cosbrarian at TikTok too, but maybe not. Um, but yeah, so if you like fairy tale stuff, it's a, it's a good time. <laughs> so for like well over a decade, I tried to read Moby Dick. That's my white whale. I still can't finish that book. Yeah. And and uh, and it's amazing. Like, I didn't know what the ending was until I finally finished it. Yeah. Uh, but Nathaniel Philbrick wrote a book called Why to Read Moby Dick. It's probably about 100 pages long, but it actually, it's really good at explaining Moby Dick. And then that was what got me over the hump to finally finish the book when the pandemic hit. Um, but say this kind of half jokingly, but... Wouldn't it be fascinating to, to get the whale's perspective in that that book? Um, but realistically, you know, having read this thing, I'd like to hear what the heck Captain Ahab was about uh, and and figure out uh, Captain Ahab's issues um, that we're only guessing at uh, in Moby Dick. So that would be my rewrite it from a different perspective. Uh, along the lines of Moby Dick, um, Mixed Magic Theater um, in Pawtucket um, has an adaptation of Moby Dick that's great. It juxtaposes like the story of Moby Dick with a modern story that's related to like drug addiction um, and like the white the white whale versus like the white thing, which is like uh, drug related and kind of like almost white supremacy related. Um, it's an original production that they've done um, for many years in many different iterations all across the country, but it's right here in Pawtucket. They just remounted it in September, but I'm sure they'll be bringing it back again so if you're interested in Moby Dick keep your eye on Mixed Magic Theater because they do a, a great adaptation of it perfect another Moby Dick thing is the New Bedford Whaling Museum every year reads Moby Dick start to finish such a cool experience everyone that's there just like hands the book off to each other you're just yeah. like listening to the book and smelling the whale oil that's in the air like it's it's a whole thing very much on my bucket list something I haven't ever done I think it's done uh like the first week of January. So, uh, so got to sign up soon. Yeah. Cool. All right. So we'll all meet at the whaling museum yes. <laughs> and it'll be just in time for the legislative session to kick off. Yeah. So folks that aren't ready for the calendar, it happens very beginning of January. Keep your eyes peeled, check out the news, figure out what you're passionate about and see what bills are going on in our small state that you want to, uh, follow. All right. Well, with that call to action, Thank you all for joining me and thank you everyone for listening. If you'd like to tell us what character you would like to read a book from their point of view, you can email us at downtime at cranstonlibrary.org and you can reach out to us via social media with hashtag downtimecpl. If you're feeling generous, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts because it helps people find the show. 
Thank you again for listening. And this has been another episode of Downtime. Thanks for listening. For the full episode, including our book and movie suggestions, search for Downtime with Cranston Public Library in your podcast player and learn more about our show at cranstonlibrary.org downtime. You can also catch Emily and Tammy talking about the Woman Project's R.I. for All videos in the Roadie Radio feed. There will be a link to both these episodes in the show notes. Roadie Radio is proud to be a resident partner of the Rhode Island Center for the Book and is brought to you by library staff and community members all around the Ocean State. You can find more from Roadie Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe to Roadie Radio and give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to help us reach more Rhode Islanders. Thanks again for listening, and go vote today.